Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Bit Dreams, and before we jump into today's guest from XL Esports, I want to say that the Esports Network is looking for potential sponsorship partners. We have a vast network of different opportunities, and Esports Network is currently looking for more sponsors for our network of podcasts, content, video shows, and everything in between. With that being said, let's get to the show with XL Esports. I'm Wout Slivers. I'm the CEO of XL Esports, which is a British-based competitive gaming organization, uh, which started out in 2014 by the brothers John Clear and uh, Holmes Darby. I joined myself um, at the start of this year. Um, previously to Excel Esports, um, I was CEO for another esports organization in, in uh, Britain uh, called Fnatic. Um, so I was their CEO uh, for 2015 until um, uh, early 2019. And yeah, happy to continue my journey in the world of competitive gaming. Absolutely. Vader is one of the leading minds in the esports world as he mentioned xl esports in the uk is going through a bit of a rebrand right now last week they announced their new brand initiative focused on the power of better and the goal is to have a positive impact on the gaming community and to evolve the brand beyond a competitive team or two but they do of course focus on their competitive teams they have a spot in the lec one of the most coveted spots in all of esports as well as a top fortnite player who finished second in the fortnite world cup duos competition back when it was held in 2019. so let's start with the mantra the power of better what does that mean to you it's really a lot um the power of better is something that is you know only just four words that summarize the conversations that we had over the past months about um, how we look at Excel um, and what we see as the future for Excel, um, what we care about, what we're passionate about. Um, this is first and foremost for us winning uh, in gaming uh, to compete in the LEC and Fortnite and other future game titles. Um, but with our own, I would say, unique, unique approach, um, it's how we challenge ourselves, how we question ourselves, how we um, question things in our industry, how they're being done, how we call it forge our own path, um, and how we phrase it also in our own manifesto, how we can become uh, better today than we were yesterday. Um, and the power of better, therefore, is sort of a, a very short summary, but I would say um, a really strong um, mantra, if you will, um, that drives us to improve every day, to get better every day um, in everything that we do. Um, so it's not just how we improve on game performance, how we improve in supporting our players, how we improve um, in coaching and strategies, etc. Um, but also how we care about our fans, what we do for our fans, um, what we do in terms of um, you know things like merchandising um, and even beyond that so things that we do with our partners uh, British Telecom is our lead partner so things that we're further going to develop with them um, all um, in uh, competitive gaming competitive gaming or how we would say how we use that sort of ambition that we have there as an inspiration and other things that we care about as well 
um, to get better every day, really. And then uh, we'll see the difference, you know, over time. This is a journey uh, for us. It's not just, um, you know, a statement that we make right now and do a few things. Um, this is things that we will be doing in the days to come, the weeks to come, the months and even years to come. Um, so as you hear from me, it, it means quite a lot to us. Um, but it's also a way for us to uh, make a difference in the industry. Um, so from all the years that I've been here now in esports, um, you know, the beautiful things have happened. Like it's, it's amazing to see if you think back when I started towards the end of 2014, actually, um, in, in, in Fnatic and uh, professionally, how things have evolved over you know, that short time span. Um, you know, I would say it's not a disruption, it's an, an evolution, it's a fast-paced evolution. Uh, but at the same time, I still feel that we look too much at others, um, you know, whether that be uh, what I call the power brands in this industry at the moment, but also things that we think we should copy from sports um, or so. And, um, you know, for me, the power of betters, like I said, is also how we forge our own path. There are so many things that if you think a little bit about it, that, you know, they don't always make sense um, for our industry or what I think what we should be doing for Excel um, as a team. So, um, yeah, the power of better is also how we make a difference, how we feel, you know, we can stand out, how we believe um, not only about our own future, but, you know, more as an esports as a whole. And um, we're hoping to make a mark with that as well. Absolutely. I think evolution is the best word to describe esports is one of the reasons why I love uh, this industry, this world so much, because esports two years ago is a lot different than esports today. And I'm fully confident that esports two years in the future is going to be uh, completely different with new organizations doing new things, new games, uh, taking on new levels of popularity. And I love being in an industry that changes quickly like that and constantly embraces change. So one of the aspects of the power of better is a series of white papers. And the first is coming from Excel's head of performance about common gaming injuries and lifestyle changes that can create a positive impact for gamers. I'm curious, you know, gamer health is one of the big topics on this podcast. We've had quite a few people who focus on that on this show to talk about why it's so important. And I'm curious what other topics you're going to be covering with those white papers in the future. I think the most important thing for it is, is, is again, how we look um, more profoundly as gaming uh, as an activity. And again, uh, not, not too much lending from maybe other sports or so. Um, so and, and other than that, I think it's really expanding um, the scope about all what goes in into being at the top. Um, you know, that's the focus of it. And I think in a broader context of the power of Betis is to use that as an inspiration for other. It's not a prescription. It's what people might find useful or purposeful um, and elements that we do, um, you know, the, the methods that we apply or, or the things that we do to improve, you know, gaming at that level. So to give a few examples, um, um, uh, Fabian, um, our indeed head of performance, is one of the first ones who um, has our players on on uh, sleep trackers, uh, if that's the right way to say it, and monitors sleep uh, patterns on on a daily basis, and um, but also you know things like personality tests, and um, and that really helps us to understand how we can 
not only develop um, the individuals, but also the team aspects. And now, you know, those kind of things might be a bit too far stretched if you're more, you know, on a casual competitive gaming level. On the other hand, it creates a level of awareness about how sleep is important. And sleep is important to compete in gaming, um, you know, to be alert. Uh, but then you realize that sleep is not only important, only for gaming, as we know, it's also for other things. But this might be, you know, a great sort of inspiration um, for um, this this vast, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, audience of gamers and esports enthusiasts to to be conscious about that and use that that as an inspiration in gaming as well for other things. So, you know, without going too far about the reveal or what we've come out with with um, the white paper, so uh, Gaming for Better, um, you know, here's a few examples how we see uh, how this hopefully, you know, is an inspiration for people to, to take elements of that, if not all, on um, to not only become a better gamer, but also to become a better self. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's uh, on the white papers. I love what anyone's focusing uh, about personal health, personal growth, because that will have a ton of impact back on gameplay. It'll also help extend players' careers. It'll just make for a better ecosystem overall. And I'm curious right now, you know, the big story at Esports to record this on Tuesday, uh, the 17th, is League of Legends free agency. And right now you've got a couple spots on your LEC team to fill, you mentioned how you're taking personality tests, so that's one of the things that you're focusing on. Can you take about? Can you explain a little bit about how your process goes when you're trying to fill these two spots and make sure uh, that you create the best team possible for the upcoming LEC season, and how some of these things that you're thinking about play into the signing of players? Yeah. Uh, no, great question. And, and yeah, I guess, you know, as we all know, like the, the free agency period is a period full with dynamics. And, um, you know, there's always um, the rules and regulations, obviously, you need to adhere to. Um, and then it's uh, the players that are available in the market and, um, you know, where if they want to move and where they want to move to and, and what, what the team, you know, might ask and what the contract situation is. So, so. You, you sort of have to be able to manage um, your way through um, all those kind of dynamics. And as you say, in the same time, you know, we really want to build on um, a legacy, but we don't just want to buy a legacy. We obviously want to be able to build on foundations and, and, and go from there. Um, you know, what, what the way we looked at the last year, um, you know, I, I would want to say we ended up in a split six position rather than uh, the seventh that we eventually ended up with uh, after, you know, tiebreaker rules, etc. cetera. Uh, but, you know, eventually for us, feel very much it was a split six, which is obviously the important, um, you know, line uh, in order to make it to playoffs. But, um, you know, if you look at other teams and, and um, what they put into, you know, getting the team together, I'm, I'm really proud about what Excel achieved because um, performance was um, really well if you compare it to where we're coming from, um, if you will, you know, what, what the budgets are times compared to other teams. And so I'm super confident um, for next year. Um, the foundations that we've built with Joey uh, and Fabian, um, and, you know, indeed, after that is the learning with the players that we have is because 
we know how players, not only how they play in game, how they communicate in game um, and what their stats are, um, we know better how they um, also out of game, how they take care of themselves, how good they rest, how good they um, recover at times, um, you know, as one thing and indeed uh, a personality, a bigger view on personality helps us better how it's not about a set of individuals that we put together, but how we build a cohesive team um, and get a better understanding of the role they can play and how they can develop, um, you know, throughout uh, the two splits, etc., in a year um, into build a really cohesive team. Um, so, um, yeah, obviously, uh, we, we also, um, you know, make changes. You've seen uh, that um, we uh, said goodbye to some players who have uh, been doing really well last year. And But we build on from there. Uh, our ambition um, is first and foremost reach playoffs and, and, and go into the spring uh, finals for EU. Um, but ultimately, you know, we want to go for the top prize. Um, we know that that's not an overnight thing. Um, I guess, you know, you don't want to make it an overnight thing because um, it can um, be very difficult to maintain such positions if the foundations are not right. Um, but yeah, we believe that uh, not only by becoming more attractive for top talent, but also having the right foundations in game, out of game, um, that we're building on really good foundations um, to, to, um, to work with talent to get us to the top. Definitely. The foundation is always the most crucial part and having another year of your players playing together of understanding their strikes and uh, having that chemistry build. It's something that I esports struggles with at times with how much craziness happens in most free agency periods. Uh, there's not a ton of consistency, not a ton of time for players to get to know each other and get to find their each into their individual strengths. Uh, and I'd love to see more organizations taking the long-term route and be like, okay, we're going to give you a two, three year plan instead of, Oh, this didn't work in the split. Okay. You're gone. We're bringing in this person. It's just, feels like constant turmoil in some organizations. At well, times. Way, it's, it's obviously it's part of what makes esports, right? Like it's, it's, I'm, um, I think the beauty of it is, and, um, you know, I've, I've written some things on my LinkedIn as well, if people are interested, but I, you know, first of all, I love to say rather competitive gaming than esports because obviously there's big sports elements um, in competitive gaming as well. It's the competition, it's the seasons, it's the off season, it's the transfer market. And so, um, but at the same time, it's also all the dynamics and the changes as you just spoke about. Um, and um, but you know, this is the beautiful element that you see in, in sports as well. Is is obviously um, you know free agency period and roster changes. And um, you know, if 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 um, this just part of the game that you need to master as well. Um, and sometimes it's about okay, you know, when do you need to make your move? Uh, and sometimes uh, to understand where you need to keep your, your head cool and stay calm and, and not get too swayed about all the dynamics and emotions and so. And at times, you know, uh, demands are things that get on the table. So it's just really important that you have a plan, basically. And, um, you know, that plan um, can change. Um, but if you're ready for that, then um, it's, it's a beautiful place to be and it's beautiful for fans as well. So. Um, I think it's quite nice. <laughs> I think it's nice too. And you're right. There's always that period of time. It's the it's the key marker of any major sport is 
when your season's over, do people still care? And at League of Legends especially, the answer is yes. People really care about free agency. They're already uh, projecting teams. They're thinking about teams. They're thinking about how they're all going to play together. Uh, and that's really the the mark of a sport that has a lot of staying power is how interested people are when the games are not being played. Yeah, and I, I think, oh, sorry. Yeah, I just wanted oh, to, no, go ahead. I guess, add as well. It's like, I think over the years, you've obviously seen, and I, I really appreciate it as well from talent that, um, you know, an orc is more than a paycheck. And, you know, that sounds maybe, um, uh, that sounds maybe not very nice and it's 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 definitely not you know it's maybe a bit excessive way of saying but um i, I feel that like there's there's so much more understanding what an organization can do or a team you know beyond just being part of a team and compete under the banner and so and and i think that's great as well how you know we see how everyone realizes how much more important it is to get the right support um, you know, to have a longer-term career perspective. Um, what, what, how you support it as well to prevent injuries and, and get mental support and things like this, because you know they can all break up your career. And I think it's great to see how those elements as well have become more and more important. Um, so as you say, it's a that's obviously the more long-term vision um, uh, versus the, the, the short-term side or so. Um, and um, so I think also here we're, we're moving all in the right direction. We, you know, we have the dynamics and stuff of, of free agency and roster changes, but at the same time, there's a growing awareness and consciousness that, um, you know, we, we speak about longer careers now here, and, and uh, it's very important what um, organization contributes um, beyond the financial aspect and, and, and the prospect of, of maybe, you know, reaching a final or so. Absolutely. And that actually kind of gets into uh, what I was going to ask you about, which is uh, you mentioned how there's so much more that goes into an organization uh, than just a contract. And that's something that's a little bit different than traditional sports at times, just in the different realms that esports orgs operate in. First of all, they oftentimes have quite a few teams, in your case, a very top Fortnite player, but they also compete or they have streaming, they have content creation. You know, esports organizations do a whole lot on top of just competitive gaming or esports at, at its core. And, and I'm curious through your time at Fnatic and now at Excel, how have you seen the role esports organizations play in the gaming ecosystem evolve over the last five or so years? Yeah. So, you know, I, in a nutshell, I would say we're pretty much the glue of like all what <laughs> like happens in esports um, because you know, team fans more and more um, get to the, I think, to the right balance. You, you know, in sports, you see it as well, but it's a, it's a loyalty to, to, to the team brand. But there's obviously also the fandom uh, to the talent. But, uh, you know, I think over time, definitely, it, I still remember this very clearly when I started with Fnatic and I was both on Counter-Strike and the League of Legends team. You know, it was the moment that only Yellowstar um, was was uh, remaining on the team, and Xpacky left, and and uh, you know Reckless moved on, etc. And and pretty much the whole community was saying, "Well, rip Fnatic," you know. And and I was there. I was like, "Okay, well, we we've got to think how we build more, you know, this call of brand loyalty, um, and not just be too reliant on you know talent." Um, and in the end, again, to make a reference sometimes with music industry and how I would say is the glue, 
because our world of competitive gaming is maybe as much as dynamic as music you know that's why i sometimes bring let's not only look at sports which is sort of static if you will because soccer and football and baseball you know as long as we know right now it's always been there but we don't know yet how long you know take one long-lasting title counter strike is going to be around and there are plenty of titles that um you know are not there anymore but used to be popular so that's also for me part of the glue, you know. Um, talent um, obviously has, um, you know, a, a limited uh, lifespan. Um, games maybe as well, you know, with Fnatic at least uh, been present in about 35 different game titles and 20 of those are, are just not there anymore. Um, so it brings a lot of consistency in, in this world um, of competitive gaming. I think it's an amazing... Um, platform for talent to have stability in their career and a longer term career perspective. And yeah, behind the scenes, there's a lot happening because not everything has been panned out in our industry yet. So whether it's about to bring commercial opportunities to, you know, when you talk about things that are less prevalent, but when it's about um, you know, financial advice, like we're not in position to give financial advice, but to support with things like that, um, to, um, you know, in terms of insurance and, 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 and injury prevention and all these things that, yeah, I would say people not always realize how much of like, um, you know, duty of care and things that are going around in the background, sometimes purely out of necessity because it's not there yet. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's all fast developing. Um, so, um, um, yeah, everyone, there's lots of people who start to take activity or, or take an initiative or start a business uh, into that. But, you know, that's not only since, since sort of like the past year that that's really developing. Yeah, it definitely does feel like one of the big trends that comes out uh, of the last few years is this focus on player health. You know, Jason Lake over at Complexity calls it esports 3.0. Uh, just almost every organization be like, okay, we need we need to talk about sleep, nutrition, fitness, uh, developing healthy work life balances. There's so much that goes into that that wasn't being thought about in the the earlier days of esports, and is going to have a lot of positive benefits for esports that we haven't even totally seen take hold yet. That are going to be through the creation of healthy habits and the influence that those people have on all the different fans, the young gamers that watch and look up to uh, esports stars. So there's definitely a big benefit to this, and we're going to see a lot of those benefits coming in the future. So you mentioned, you know, this last year, and it's been a little bit of a crazy year to say the least. You know, we got 22 minutes in, and I haven't asked about the pandemic yet. I'm trying to do my <laughs> yeah. good deal, good deal. I, I'm, I'm burying it. I'm, I'm get, I always have to ask about it, but I'm like, okay, we're not going to lead with the show with it anymore. People are sick of hearing about it, but we do have to ask about it. And as you came into this role in January, uh, this year has had to have played out a bit different than you imagined. How did you balance accomplishing your goals for, for year one with dealing with the pandemic and putting out the fires that that created throughout this year? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd like to start here with one of my favorite quotes um, from, uh, I guess, a person I, I sometimes watch his videos, but it's actually um, it's been attributed to Mike Tyson. And he said, uh, everyone has a plan until I punch in the face, right? I love that so quote. <laughs> I think it's a sort of like, you know, the other quote is, 
um, expect the unexpected and the unexpected will never happen, right? So I think one thing is, is you got to have a plan and then you got to be ready that everything will work out differently. And, um, you know, you take those moments and whether you turn them in an opportunity or able to manage your way through it, I guess that's just part of our industry as well, right? With all its dynamics. Um, so, you know, that I think that's something I learned quite quickly uh, coming into esports. Um, you know, it is so important that you have a strong vision. It's so important that you have a good plan, but it's equally so important that you adapt and, you know, keep, keep your head calm, really. Um, uh, so for Excel, I'd say um, the... The, the we're still quite in building uh, mode. So, you know, we have great partners and I, I suppose everyone has one way or the other been impacted um, and impacted in a negative way or, you know, had to adjust their forecast or expectations. Um, you know, some say it's been good for them. I don't know, but I would say as a whole. Um, and, you know, you've seen it with League of Legends as well things have been put on a hold um, or so and you know league of legends is one of the greatest assets or properties if you will from a sponsor perspective and um, so we all needed to adapt but i think the um, you know this is also for excel and for industry as a whole i think as no one other if you look at all the if you now will want to call this entertainment industry uh, we've been been able to adapt at a really fast pace um, you know, I'd say we probably had to go back um, a few years doing a whole lot more online where we started to, you know, start to play in beautiful studios and stadiums, etc. Um, so that threw us a few years back. In the same time, you know, everything went pretty much on um, after uh, a little reset. Um, we, we uh, you know, the broadcasts are again uh, at a very good level. Obviously, viewership has been very, very good. Um, but I'd say from a quality perspective, um, you know, this, this had little impact, but, you know, it still makes uh, people at times uh, nervous uh, with budgets. Uh, but said that, um, I'd say, you know, after the little you know, question marks and adaptation, things are moving uh, fast ahead. And so it's very much for Excel. So, um, you know, the, the whole brand update that we did, I would say, is, is, is a, actually has a great moment for us. I guess, I don't know if that's an interesting fact, uh, but I believe we are maybe the first full brand update um, that is uh, fully born out of uh, working from home and Zoom calls and uh, in, the, in the cloud, if you will. Um, but, you know, that's it. We're in a digital environment. And even on this massive um, update, um, yeah, I would say we've done tremendously well uh, for something that happened fully through lockdown period. Um, here's London as well, right? So, um, yeah, here's how you can see that we're able to master that and come out actually really well from that. Yeah. That's a really interesting point as you have a new mantra that everybody starts top down, it's a little bit easier to instill that when you're all meeting together in an office. You're like, hey, the power of better is our mantra. We are, you know, we're all united. How did you make sure that everybody in the team was was brought together when you were doing it all virtually? You know, were there any special things that stand out as a way to uh, unify everybody around this rebrand while everyone's virtual, while they're not seeing each other face to face? 
Yeah, it's a very good question. I need to go a little bit, bit, bit back in time because if you look at it, like Excel had quite a few big changes, you know, from the start of this year. It's uh, me and Robin coming in. Um, it, it's, you know, obviously uh, Millie, for example, Millie Preston is our head of marketing. And so we all have different backgrounds. Um, and, you know, on a personal and business level, it means you sort of need to adapt and, you know, sell in uh, a bit. Secondly, then, you know, we did this massive um, brand update. I'll call it a brand update because it's a, it is um, a, a continuation of our journey, continuation of our evolution. Um, you know, I'd say it's not one step, two steps ahead what we do here. Um, but rebrand always gives me a bit of the feeling that we were not happy about certain things. That's absolutely not the case. Um, you know, we go here from, you know, being a bit more professional to, to power brand status and, and give more purpose to, to what we're doing. Um, but coming back to your question, um, you know, I, I think it's just a gradual, um, like, belief in what we're doing and understanding what we're doing. Um, I guess the beauty of the whole brand project in this period is that we had conversations that... Um, you know, well, went quite deep. It's about what we care about, um, what we want to be, um, you know, to, to, you know, the brand identities is only a visual representation of what, what, what we um, see as our brand platform, you know, and it's the values and the essence of our brand. So it's a good question. Um, I don't have the ready answer, but I think that's it. That actually that um, project gave us a lot of opportunity and time um, to to really talk about again what we care about and how we look at the future of Excel and and get behind it and it's only amazing to see that the response has been so good because I can tell you like I told people like look people are gonna love this and people are gonna hate this um, so we'll be ready for anything um, but overwhelmingly the response has been really good so I can yeah I think that that was a really feel good moment um, last week and this week. Um, because, you know, we, we have very much time to um, get behind it ourselves and understand what we're doing here. And, and that was part of the process. But then to see how it comes out so well, um, yeah, I would say that was for everyone uh, also an amazing moment. So, yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> Absolutely. It does seem like it went over very well. And I think that focus on all the other things that come with gaming and esports, you know, making sure that we're focused on gamer health, that we're focused, that we're telling people, hey, these are good lifestyle changes. That's always going to be positively welcomed uh, in the wider esports and gaming worlds, uh, just because it's good for everyone. And it's uh, it's something that we love to see. I think as an element of like trying to, you know, put questions forward, forward to people as well. You know, I'm, I'm a parent myself, I have two boys, um, and they're, they're big Fortnite fans. Um, and, um, you know, and of course there are parents who always sort of like rightfully ask like, okay, my, my, my child is passionate about gaming. There's obviously a lot of Fortnite out there. Um, and, uh, you know, I tried to tell them as well, it's like, well, you know, you should not see it that there's still sports, there's still music, there's obviously still school and stuff and, and there's gaming and people are passionate about it. But, you know, I, 
ask them sometimes like, hey, but by the way, how many hours of Netflix did you uh, spend this week? You know, and then some go like, oh, actually, that, that was probably more than my child's been playing game or so. So <laughs> and, then, and you're like, OK, but let, let's just think about it here for a moment, you know. So I think it's those kind of um, things and moments where you just try to get people to understand better what this is about, how to look at it and yeah, how it's a beautiful thing, really. That's that's how I think about it. Absolutely. And gaming teaches so many interesting and valuable lessons that uh, watching Netflix does not in, in so many ways. <laughs> that was my point there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, I'd rather have my kid play, you know, it, again, balance is, of course, incredibly important, but 10 hours of video games will teach you problem solving, will teach you communication skills, will teach you teamwork, yeah. depending on the game you're playing, uh, versus watching Netflix generally won't teach you a ton depending on what show you're watching. So yeah, uh, maybe if you watch a Queen's Gambit, you'll learn some chess openings. But, uh, yeah, but that's what I advise them, you know, if, if it's parents or so. So, well, you know, if they're passionate about it, say, you know, they say, well, do one thing. Let them make a team because with a team is exactly come the things in play where you're like, hey, um, you, you have this joint feeling of that you want to win, you want to get better, you start to think about, you know, the other things like communication strategies. It's also a point of like, hey, you got to show up on time for a match. Everyone has a bit of commitments, you know. And again, then, you know, I play drums and in a band. And, and then it, when it's sports and a team, it's like, where do you play on your own somewhere? Or you play with a team. It's, it's all the same principle, right? Um, and, and I think that's where, where I think that's where the competitive side of gaming comes in, which, which makes it so great because, you know, the same principles apply. And like you say, there are so much social element, learning elements or so that, that, um, that people don't always, um, I mean, more and more appreciate and learn. Um, and, uh, but definitely with Excel, we want to make a mark there as well, how we can, uh, you know, bring a positive message in that and show show how beautiful this is. Uh, you know, whether you're at the top or or somewhere in the other regions uh, from you know bottom to top, but that's all part of competitive game. Absolutely, it's a great industry to be in, an ever evolving industry and one that's focused a lot more on health and the good things that we need. Uh, for gamers. So I think that's a great note to wrap up this podcast on, but I want to turn the mic over to you for one more second. So this episode is going to be published on Monday, this coming Monday. And I'm curious, are we going to have an LEC roster announced by, by Monday? Uh, not yet by Monday, but we have a couple of other announcements uh, by then, smaller things. Um, so we're sort of stacking up to the big moment, but from sort of November 30th onwards, you can see a lot of LEC stuff coming out for us again. Um, in the meantime, um, you know, coming Thursday, and what I can tell you already right now, uh, Monday will come out as well. We haven't spoken a lot about Fortnite yet, but um, Wolfie's um, our Fortnite pro. Um, he will come out with some of his own uh, merchandise that we've developed with him. So anyone who's a Fortnite fan, a Wolfies fan, uh, look out for that. Um, and after that, our eyes going to turn a lot to LEC. That's that's what I can tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. So be on the lookout 
for that new merch drop. If you want to learn more about XL Esports, there will be a guest page down below. Uh, Void of Miss, he mentioned his LinkedIn articles, so that will be linked through his guest page. You can check out his LinkedIn, read up on some of the things we're talking about if you want to learn more. Uh, from our great guest here today. That's all for this episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. I hope you all enjoyed. I hope you all, if you're uh, stateside, have a great Thanksgiving week. And I will be back on Friday with another episode of the Esports Network podcast. Have a good one, everyone.